to The Mary Mack Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Today we feature part two of our conversation with Christine Capilouto. She talks about Alex's death and also her pressuring the detectives and the district attorney to do their jobs. Remember, they also are very active in drugindusedhomicide.org. Please take a look at that website and learn more. So here we are today with our second part have a wonderful day, and please do subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so they can be shown in more places around the world. Bless you. And she goes to, like, she's walking out, go upstairs, and then she turns back around and comes to me, and she's like, Mom, I love you. I had such a wonderful day today with Aww. you. Aww. And I'm like, thank you, honey. I love you, too. And I really had fun with you today. It was it was fun. And uh she goes, you know, I love you, right? I just, I really love you. And I'm like, yes, honey, I know you really love me. And I really love you. And so she went upstairs and that's the last I saw of her alive. Um, I did. Well, let me back up a little. She came back down about 830 something and said, I left something in the car. Ooh. And I have to get in, which you know, we left a lot of stuff in the car. So I didn't think twice about it. Okay. Yeah, whatever. So she goes out. Well, that's when she was getting the pill. Actually, that's when the drug dealer showed up. Now that we know that now, but she comes back in guy, you know, runs upstairs. So she took the pill right then because at that time, oh, she took it at 1030 because that was the last time um, she sent a her boyfriend sent her a text and she didn't respond and he didn't think anything of it. Cause she was saying she was tired and wanted to go to try to go to sleep and try to sleep. Mm -hmm. And um, so when she didn't respond, he didn't think anything of it. He was all, she fell asleep. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. So he did, you know, didn't know anything different. And, um, but the next morning I had my grandson here with me. I was watching him because it's Christmas break and his mom was at work. And he's sitting on the couch watching TV and about 1030, I'm like, oh, I need my computer charger because I got to start working. I got to go up and get it in the room, in Alex's room. And uh, so I, I go up there and her makeup mirror is still sitting on her bed and her makeup cleaning wipes her, you know, there. And she slumped over on her side and India is still sitting Indian style, but laying on her side. Oh, wow. And in all honesty, didn't think anything abnormal because that's her. <laughs> that would be her falling asleep. Mm -hmm. Like she'd fall asleep anywhere, anyhow, anyway. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, she looks a little uncomfortable. You know, I'm going to move her and lay her down on her pillow. And that's when I realized she was gone. And um, I'm like trying not to panic. And I'm yeah. searching her body to see if she took her life, you know, is there a razor or, you know, I'm just, I'm in now flight or fight mode. Yeah. Like what just happened? What's going on? What's going, what happened? What'd she do? You know? And I'm remembering my grandson's downstairs. I'm like, he's already had the tragedy of my mom dying. Right. And that affected him a lot because she kind of raised to help raise him too. And so I'm like, and she's, long gone. Like I knew she died the night before. And so I, I quite, I run to my other daughter, my youngest daughter's room sky and woke her up and I'm trying not to panic and it's coming up, you know, and I'm like trying to keep it down because of my grandson. I, right. I can't have him see me lose it. Right. I can't do this to him. Right. That's all I kept thinking about. And so I'm like, I just woke her up like sky, your sister's dead. 
you need to call dad and well, you know, you need to call 911 right now. Call 911. Your sister's gone. And she's just trying to like wake up and and she's comprehend like, it all. Just started just bawling and she's trying to get 911. And then she gets him on the phone while I'm in the room with Alex and she brings the phone in there and gets them to she's like, I go, give me the phone here, take take my phone, call your dad. Call your sister because she's at work. Her other sister's at work. Uh, both the other sisters are at work. You know, call. Start calling people. I'll take care of this. And um, okay, let, I'm sorry. Let me back up. Before I ran back in the room while she's calling, I had to get my grandson out of the house. Um, I didn't want him here with all this. I didn't want him to know his aunt. You know, because they were very close. Mm -hmm. um, I ran across the street because there's a boy who lives there his age. And I ran over there, knocked on the door and was like, my daughter just died and I can't have Dominic here. You know, can you please take him and I'll make up some story like that she's sick and I have to take her to the hospital or something, you know, just something. And then she's trying to keep her composure and like, okay, okay, okay. And she comes running over and we're trying to act all normal and, you know, and she's like, hey, you know, Dylan wants to play with you. You want to come over? And he's like, no, sure. You know, I'll come over and play. So thank God it was that easy. And they went. And How old was he at that point? He was, I want to say eight or nine. He's oh, wow. So, well, maybe earlier because he's 11 now. So this has been almost four years. So seven years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Too young for this. Um and so then I ran back upstairs, got on the phone with 911. They're like, you need to get her and do CPR. I'm like, no, you don't understand. She's yeah. gone. Yeah. I mean, she's a different color, <laughs> you know, not, yeah, and she's not funny, but it's like the, no, there's it's no CPR happening here, you know, and they're, and she's screaming in my ear and it's really upset. But I think this is what caused more trauma than anything. Yeah. She's screaming in my ear. I said, she's on the bed. I can't do CPR with her on the bed, first of all, because it's too soft, you know, and you can't get the compressions right. And she's all, you need to drag her body on the floor and start performing CPR. And I'm like, uh, uh, are you kidding me? She's stiff. I can't undo her arms. Like, you know, I get her off the bed now. Oh, and I'm thinking, what about evidence? Yeah. I don't know how she you know yeah get her off the bed now and get her on the floor and start doing cpr so i did because i'm like okay okay and i i did and then i'm doing cpr and i'm like i'm gagging because of the breath coming out and it's gangrene and i'm like this was trauma if i just didn't have that going on it would have been a little slight bit easier um i'll never forget that and I, that was the worst thing that they could tell me to do. You know, it's like, I, I is my kid and I know she's not here anymore. Like, this is a shell. Sure. Spirit is gone. And, you know, in the meantime, Matt's on his way back and the ambulance got here and everybody got here, you know, all the fire trucks and police and the detectives and everything are here and, you know, um, and then that's when they came up and pulled me out of the room because now they got to find evidence. Cause I'm like, I don't know what happened. You know? Yeah. I can't find anything. I looked around on the bed. I couldn't. And, uh, so finally they were up there in the meantime, Matt's like home and he's screaming. He wants to see her. And they're like, no, we have an active investigation now. You know, we don't know how she died. You can't go in the room. And he's flipping out. He's flipping out. And so, um, I'm trying to remember, um, the detective finally comes down and he goes, okay, we're, we ruled out suicide. She did not commit suicide. I said, okay, thank God. But what happened? And he goes, we found half a pill. So we figure she took the other half. And I'm like, of what? I, and I'm like, he goes accidental overdose. And I'm like, she took half a pill that makes zero sense. Right. 
do you think there's other pills that she might have taken and a half of, you know, and he goes, no, and he goes, she only took half. He goes, I, I think it's fentanyl. This looks like a fentanyl situation. I'm like, okay, it's either suicide or homicide, which is it? <laughs> and he's like, none, it's accidental overdose. I'm like, okay, did she take 10 pills? Right. Did she take 20? Did she take a bottle? What was it? What were the pills? You know, and he goes, no, 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 it was only half. And it was an oxy, like a painkiller. And I'm like, she took half a painkiller. I'm like, a baby can take half a painkiller and not die. You know, I'm like, right. That doesn't make sense. So it's homicide or suicide. She either took a bottle of pills or it's homicide because that's only half a pill and something's wrong. And he's like, no, there's no criminal action here. Oh, really? And I'm just like, he goes, she should have known the risk. She should have, huh? I just, I wanted to throttle him. Yeah, yeah. Throttle him at that point. I would, yeah. So then he's like, you know, just semantics, you know, okay, here's my card. Yep. You know, somebody from La Tip is going to come out, which is, I don't know if you heard of La Tip. It's like no. an organization that comes out for grieving parents, you know, with a tragedy and they're going to come counsel you. And I'm just like, I, I'm just blown away, you okay. know, and we're all now in shock factor and he leaves. It's like, you know, that that's it. And we ended up, I posted it on Facebook. Well, we tried to get into her phone. We couldn't get into her phone. Um, and then um, we posted it on Facebook, you know, the loss of blah, 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 you know, and we're talking a few days later. Um, we post it and make the announcement on Facebook. And then we get a notice. Some lady calls me and says, hey, my friend lives in Temecula. Um, and she lost her son and just right around the time you, your daughter. And I'm like, Oh, so she gives me her number and we end up talking. Right. And it turns out it was on the way home from the airport when Alex and I were talking, when I brought her home. Yeah. She mentioned, Oh, my friend from high school, Dylan died. From a drug overdose, he was, you know, uh, struggling and he OD'd and she was kind of started crying because she goes, the funerals now I just found out she was finally telling people I'm home and they told her, oh, remember Dylan, he passed away. And she started kind of crying and she was upset a little bit, you know, she was like, oh, we were friends in high school, but you know, they lost contact after they graduated. But so it turned out that was him. Wow. That she said. And it turned out it was fentanyl as well. Wow. So mom and I are very close friends, you know, we're neighbors pretty much. And so, and our kids knew each other. And then I remember, then I remember, I'm like, huh, I remember Sky, my youngest coming to me like three weeks ago, asking for $20 because she wanted to buy a sweatshirt and the proceeds went to the funeral of somebody she knew in high school also that died from an overdose. Hmm. I'm just like, I wonder if that was fentanyl too. So we start looking into it and found out that was fentanyl. So that's where we came wow. out. And then we found out from another person that another kid from another high school um, in Temecula also had passed away from fentanyl. And we're like, okay, there's a problem here. Mm -hmm. And they were all within a couple of weeks of each other. Wow. So this little cluster of four within two weeks, we're, we called the detective back. <laughs> talk to you. Do you, we have a problem here and this is Temecula. This is where everything's supposed to be safe and every, you know, nothing like this happens, you know? And, and he's like, ah, oh, I didn't know that. So he, you know, he comes back. I didn't know that. Well, I, now I you do. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were all fentanyl. Oh, well, because they list them as accidental overdoses and pushed it in case closed. Yes. And you got each detective coming in, you know, case closed, case closed. Um, so we said, we want to um, pursue this and find out who, because maybe we're thinking it's the same dealer since it's so sure. close to home. We're thinking sure. maybe it's somebody here in Temecula. Um, so we're like, you need to start working here. <laughs> you know, and he's like, 
<laughs> he's like, no, you know, uh, he goes, um, you know, they won't prosecute these, uh, the DA. He will not prosecute. It's a non-winnable case. They only prosecute winnable cases. Uh, the DA is a baby kisser or whatever, you know, it, it's just never going to happen because yeah. the law, and you know, and he's right. The laws in California um, just won't, it's not going to happen. You know? Yeah. So just like, Get over it because because the DAs that, but, you know. the DAs want to the DAs want to show a high conviction rate it, and if yeah they think and they so can't do it it doesn't look picture. good on them it doesn't look good for yeah. them and he painted this picture and I didn't know who our DA was you know I never needed to know and so I'm <laughs> like who is this guy you know so Matt goes you know what no I'm I, I want him to tell me to my face. That my kid's not worth an investigation, as well as these other kids. So we made an appointment with the DA, and they're like, sure, come on in. You they know, didn't know what they were up against. Week. Yeah, well, and, and the, the cool thing about this meeting, though, was he agreed with us. It's just he didn't know about it. Wow. And, and everything that was said was not true. He, he, because we're like... Okay, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember timelines. So at this point, we had gotten into her phone. We were able to get, because I made my girls share my Apple ID with me as long as I was paying for their phone. They had to use my Apple ID so I can crack into their phone if I ever needed to for emergency reasons or whatever. You're smart. But that was a deal. And I didn't like it. That was too bad. <laughs> <laughs> And basically, it was mainly so I can locate them if anything happened and they disappear, you know, again, that's yeah. what I'm thinking, you know, anything, girls, I just, yes. And they were like, oh, fine, you know, I'm like, unless you want to pay for your own phone. Right. You can have your own ID then. Okay, it's fine. So, um, <laughs> I was able to get in quite easily. I was able to get in quite easily. Thank God. And we found, and I had Sky, my youngest, who was a Snapchat queen over here. Like, tell me how to find, you know, so she showed me and we found the correspondence, but she's telling me how I can't pop it open to read it. Like you move it over, hold it, don't let go because then he gets notified that we're reading, that it's being read. Oh, wow. Wow. So we're trying to hold it and screen and she's taking her phone and trying to screenshot it. Right. And then somehow I think we messed up or yeah, something messed up. And then he ends up coming back and saying, how did you like the pill or something? And my daughter, God, <laughs> God bless her. Are you the piece of crap who killed my sister? <gasps> oh, she texted him. Oh, I love and it. And he's all, she died. Question mark. Yes, and you killed her. He starts deleting everything because sure. he can delete on his side. Now we can't see anything, but yes. we had that small. We had that small screenshot still of the where he was saying, "I'm in this car, blah 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 car, and I'm gonna roll up, you know, in front of the house at blah 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 time." Right. We have cameras. Good. So we were able to pinpoint exactly the time he pulled up. She went out and got the pills, and what car? So. We were able, so we got that information. Um, did, still didn't know who he was at the time, but we got that. And so we could you took get that the plate? The, could you get the plate from uh, that? We couldn't get the plate because the actually the it wasn't a clear picture. It, our okay. cameras would intermittently mess up, and they just never really all worked well together. Okay. And we always said we were going to fix that, but we just never did. And uh -huh. uh, it and it was just the side of the car, so we couldn't get. Yeah. You know, see, he was perpendicular with the house. And so we couldn't see the plates. Um, but you got the so car, the type of car it was and everything. Yeah. And then his name. So his username, you know, on Snapchat. That's good. Yeah. So we that's when we went to the DA and we're like, look, that's when we found out, though, because when we read before we accidentally let it go, we were reading that she asked first she asked for Percocet. 
He said he didn't have any Percocets, um, but he had Oxys. And she's like, fine, I'll take the Oxys. And um, which is, I know because Oxys being stronger than the Percocets. Yes. That's probably why she took half because she's thinking, I don't need that strong of a pill. Sure. Um, so I'll just take half. Because <laughs> she bought, she had to buy a whole, she had to buy 10 or 11 because they're not going to just sell you one and, you know, you oh, have to buy wow. a, an amount, you know, worthy of them to deliver. So she bought, I think, 10 or 11, something like that. Um, and they're dirt cheap, you know, they're cheap. So they're cheap to make. So they're cheap to easily sell, you know, and uh, she only took the half. So we're like, oh, she's probably just wanted to sleep because she went to bed. She wasn't out partying or anything. And um, she, uh, so we went to the DA and the DA, we said, okay, we saw, we don't have that proof, but here's what we read. We got a little bit of it and, but she didn't ask for fentanyl. That That's never, right. that was never on there. And we expect you to subpoena Snapchat so you can get all the information and see that. And he's like, well, I believe you, you know, but we'll work on the subpoena. I go, you're going to need it for evidence, you know, but I said, what do you think about this? Like, obviously it was fentanyl. She didn't ask for fentanyl. You know, she thought she was taking an oxy. Even though she had that one run in with that fentanyl pill, Knowing, I, I can't speak for her, but knowing her, she probably thought she was safe enough in Temecula to get a pill and it's going to be fine because it still hadn't really gotten out with fentanyl being like in pretty much almost anything, you know? Right. Um, I feel, cause we're, you know, we're thinking like, how is she thinking? Cause she knew she was dumb for taking that pill. She felt remorse and regret. Why? Would she do this again, knowing what happened? And we're trying to figure out how she's thinking, knowing her. And I'm like, she probably wanted to sleep. She took half the pill thinking at least half would be safer. Um, Because the last one, she took the whole pill. And, and not in Temecula. There's not going to be fentanyl in because the guy, the doctor said in college towns, you know, and we're just a bedroom town, you know. So I'm thinking, you know, but again, I don't know. We'll never know that answer for sure. Yeah. You know, what yeah. where her head was. And um, but did the DA at least move on it? He looked at us and he goes, I go, what do you think? And he goes, that's murder. Very good. That was like a weight lifted off of us. Like, you agree? You know, we're not just these crazy parents, you know, like, that's murder. I go, yes, it's homicide, you know. And he's like, that is murder. Murder too. But it's murder in my book. And I go, well, here's what's happened. And then his assistant DA was this top guy was in there in the meeting. And he just looked and he goes, Temecula? He goes, I live in Temecula. My kids go to school in Temecula. And now he's freaking out. Yeah. He's like, I need to go home and talk to my kids, you know, and ex explain there's a problem. And I'm like, yeah, we got a problem. And um, he's like, in my county, you know, days like this is happening in my county. I go, well, it's being, you know, I explained what the detective said. It's being just accidental overdose. Next, next. And he's like, no, you know, <laughs> he was just, he's like, get the detective on the phone now and I want this case on my desk today today I love it and sounds terrible today. for those of us who are listening um if you've been through this kind of thing it's such a coup it's such a win you know yeah. when you know that the chances of getting justice from a you know for what's occurred is really yeah. it's a big thing it's a it, it was that was a huge win right there right and then then you know we have the you know detective explaining how it all works on their end you know and where they're coming from and we're like okay I get it because this is a new thing you know yeah. you guys work in old school yeah so Matt decided I'm gonna just you know email the sheriff the head sheriff 
of our county and maybe see if he is aware of what's going on. I'm like, okay. So he does it like at midnight because Matt's all, well, he'll get it when he comes into his office first thing in the morning. He goes, so I'm going to email it tonight. So he does this big, long letter and, you know, everything that happened and sends it and gets in bed. And all of a sudden we hear, you know, it gets a notification on his phone that it's been read and there's a reply. He's like, okay. And he runs over to his computer and the sheriff said, I am in Washington, D.C. right now. And I'm three hours ahead. He was there for an event. He's all, and nothing wakes, I am not waking up to my computer you know, notifying me that there's an email. He goes, but God told me I needed to read this email and I had to get up. Oh, and I'm like, that made me feel good inside. Like, oh, good. This is a God fearing man. Uh -huh. So good. And he read the email and responded immediately and said, That's good. Good. so we got a meeting with him. And they had Alex's phone. They had it, you know, so I handed over his evidence, her phone. Um, and he which said, can, which know, county is he in charge of Riverside County? Okay. Yeah. So he, uh, and I didn't think much of it. We had our meeting. It was a good meeting. He was very receptive, very understanding, just like the DA, just same thing, you know, like, okay, I see your point. We, I think we do have a problem. So they ended up putting out a PSA, a warning, but we're like, it kind of didn't really get out. Like it needs to go to the schools. This yeah. needs to go to the schools, you know, and stuff. And um, nine months later, so we're, we're like in this mode, you know, with the DA and, the, and just trying to get our case moving forward. Mm -hmm. They found out who, who it was. They found out he lived in the city of Riverside, which is 40 minute, 45 minute drive. Wow. To so then we found out. So they brought him in for questioning, but they didn't arrest him because they want, they, the evidence is very difficult. And they, if you, they arrest him, then they have a double jeopardy on their hands. Okay. So they just brought him in for questioning and he played, you know, the dealer played dumb of, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know, but he got the, he knew she had died, you know, based on our little chat or my, you know, he found out, but he was officially notified. It was in January. He was officially notified that she died and it was those pills so he again he played dumb how do i know it was my pills how do you know you know blah 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 yeah. and, and so um i forgot where i was going with that um oh they so they tried to subpoena snapchat that didn't work out because snapchat only keeps it for so long very small on time. purpose on purpose mm -hmm. and that was all gone so our evidence was gone pretty much um then, um, oh, so I was getting that nine months later in uh, September, my dad suddenly died. Oh, he passes away. So it's, I had three people within nine months. And um, trying to remember where I was going with that. He died. And then, um, gosh, my train of thought, I just went blank. It's okay. Oh, that's where I was getting at. The sheriff that arrived there, because we're we're sheriff driven here because we're count uh we're we live in county. Mm -hmm. Um and we're Temecula but unincorporated. Yes, so yes. We have the sheriff come out. But so the sheriff were there and they go, they asked my name, you know, because I'm at the house there. How'd your dad die? I don't know. You tell me, you know. Yes. <laughs> died in his sleep. Um and he said, okay, what's your name? And I said, Christine Capaluto. And he goes, oh, Capaluto, I was at your house with your daughter. Really? And I'm like, oh, and he goes, uh, he was there with another officer. And he goes, uh, you know, we're all being retrained because of your daughter's case. We're like, this is a big deal of what's yeah. happening. And he goes, we're all being retrained. We're all in new schooling for this new... And then the other officer kind of shut him up a little, like, hey, because he wasn't supposed to be telling me a lot of this, I guess. He was still in the works. But he was, the officer was so excited, you know, like, oh, because of you guys and what you brought forth. And the other guy's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> tone it down a little. 
Aww. So, but I, that may led me to believe, you know, there's something big going on on that end, you know, that they're really taking it seriously. And then we um, somehow got in touch with Homeland Security officer in San Diego. It was kind of based on another parent who lost their child. Okay. Um, had contact with this Homeland Security and recommended to talk to us about it because I guess San Diego County was riddled with fentanyl, just riddled with it, just because it's border right there. It's right yeah. on the border. Yeah. So we talked to him about it and he's all, I have a whole task force team. It's Homeland Security, it's Sheriff, it's law enforcement. It, we're all like this team. Right. And we work with the DA and we, you know, and the sheriffs and, the, you know, and just, and he goes, and that's what now needs to happen in all the counties because it is everywhere. Fentanyl is everywhere across the nation and our hands are tied. The government yeah. is tying our hands and not allowing us to pursue it as heavily as we need to because it's getting out of control. Isn't that interesting, deaths, isn't it? Yeah. And he's like, the deaths are doubling, doubling, quadrupling. He's all, we have 400 so far, you know, in just the year, 400 deaths that they've had to. And he goes, and that's what we know of, you know. That, right. He goes, a lot of times it's overdose, families quiet, bury them, move on, you know, and it's done deal. It's case closed. And, um, so it's only the ones whose families are like, no, you know, we want yeah. an investigation. So now they changed it in San Diego County because of that. They, they weren't getting the good numbers, the hard numbers to take to the government or wherever of the hard facts, um, changed their, their protocol that any OD call, even if the person survived, right. will be automatically um, deemed a homicide first or attempted homicide right? and be from the get-go as soon as they walk in that house, that's how it's going to be seen as. That's wonderful. That way they don't just say, oh, accidental overdose and click case closed and it just, it's right. off the books. You know? right. So they started really, we're like, you need to train these other counties. And he's yes. like, I would be happy to. So he got with our guys and they worked on training and how to redo their um, investigations. And um, yeah, and then that's when we started thinking about law because how we got to Alexandra's law. We're like, okay, so you have to prove malice, mm -hmm. you know, and forethought of, you know, it's very hard to tell a drug dealer, you know, ask a drug dealer, did you know it had fentanyl? Of course they're going to say no. Know <laughs> you know, and that's good enough for state of California to be like, oh he well, he has to go free. He didn't know. It, even though you're doing an illegal act and somebody died, which is the federal law. The federal law is you sold the pill, they died, you're done, you're going to prison. End of story. I don't care if you knew or not. It, it's irrelevant if you knew or not. Right. You did an illegal act and somebody died from it. So it is in, in a lot of it's like, it could be manslaughter or, um, and up to second degree murder. Mm -hmm. Um, and so our case, because we didn't have the proof. Now we do know that we found out later that the kid who's the guy who sold to Alex after he officially found out she died, went to his supplier and bought more. Whoa. That tells me he can care less who he's killing. Fully aware, fully aware that somebody can die, that it could be fentanyl and still went to buy more. They couldn't get him on selling. They tried to get him on selling that supply, but um, they just couldn't get it. So they turned our case to the feds. Uh, it became such a thing. Like Alex's face became such the motivating factor for, you know, Riverside County, like, I don't remember if it was the DA, I think it was the DA said, I keep her picture up in my office because that's oh. my motivation. Oh, how nice. You know, and I think one of the um, uh, federal agents said the same thing. And um, so they turned it over and worked in conjunction with the feds and as a team 
because you know the federal law again is easier. We and they took so they were able to take the pills, the rest of the pills, because the detective had seized him. Okay, and took him to a home secu- uh, homeland security lab. Okay, with the help of homeland security, it's normally not what they do. They normally w- would not do this, but because it was this case, yeah. Alexandra's, they said they gave the go ahead and they tested all the pills and found that they all came from the same supplier and it was all through and it matched the exact DNA of her toxicology, the pill that she took and the half that they had left. So um, that's all the feds needed. That's all they needed. Wow. And so that's how, you know, we were very, very thankful and fortunate. And that doesn't happen normally, unfortunately, unfortunately, they, they, the DEA would really love to just be all over this. They just don't have the manpower. They really don't have the manpower and nor will they get it. You know, powers that be doesn't seem it's necessary. No. Um, and isn't so that ties their hands I, I find that quite interesting. I often think, you know, if they're not giving the resources or they're, you know, the politicians, especially in DC, even in the state level, it's just yeah. not an issue for them. Yeah. But when it will be an issue for them is when it's their child. Exactly. That then, seems to be the motivating factor. And that's sad. Sad, really sad. We don't want that to happen. No. And like, so, even, even today, I mean, Dana Carvey, you know, his yeah. son um, died. Yeah. And, and in the, in the, he claims it's an accidental overdose. And I'm just waiting for the toxicology to yeah. come back to see if it's fentanyl or not. Yeah. And it and probably it's just, is. It pro- that's how I feel. It probably, it probably is. is. And nobody knew. And just like um, De Niro's grandson. Yes. You know, yes. It's, it's more common than people believe. Right. Well, Tom Petty, that's he. Yes. Fentanyl. And supposedly Prince as well. And Prince was fentanyl, yep. And it's just that when those happened, nobody used that word. Do you right. know what I mean at that time? And so, yeah. You so just- then and that, that led us all to trying to figure out a state law that will help. Because, you know, you have the feds, their hands are tied. So we need to help the state with the local DAs. We need the state to do better. So we wanted to help curb that, um, you know, malice of forethought of, um, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know. So I, we were, Matt and I were talking and we were thinking like something, I don't know how it came up. Like, how does the drunk driving law work? Cause we knew it had something to do with an admonishment and like, and they can use okay. that, you know, against you if you continue to drink can drive after you got pulled over. And so we're like, why can't we do that with drugs? The only problem with DUI law is that the mentality and, and it is somewhat of a, um, you know, how we talk about in fentanyl and in drugs, it's like people are, um, the stigma of it all. Yes. Okay. But, but with, I've worked with people in mad for decades Okay. Um, the people who started it, but it always came down to the judges think, well, it could have been me. I could have had an extra drink at, at a party or at dinner. And what if that happened to me? What if, you know, I killed somebody or whatever. And so Mm -hmm. it always moved down to manslaughter or less or less negligent homicide. Okay. And so now you're just looking at a few years, if that, and then they're usually commuted to probation. Right. So, so many people in, in the DUI area um, were always so frustrated because there's, oh my God, countless people who have been killed by drunk drivers. Yeah. I had, um, when I was 14, we had a college friend who three or four boys, I think it was three 
four boys were walking along the edge of a road near our high school. We had a high school dance. It was a fre- I was a freshman in high school. And one of those boys who survived, I later dated for several years. Okay. okay. For like almost eight years. But Jimmy Bolin was picked up by a drunk driver and thrown. Oh, wow. And nothing happened to that guy. I, that always bothered me. I mean, yeah. never served any time. He, you know, it was just like, oh, well, things like this happen. Like oops. Yeah, yeah, like oops. Exactly. Yeah. And I, we've spoken with the founder of MAD and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, many times. And she's she's in support of this bill also, um, which was pretty neat. And, uh, but, you know, we, we took it to the DA and asked him that, you know, same question. What do you think about this? You know, an admonishment, because we already know that California is not going to have drug induced homicide laws. There's a lot of states that do, but the lot, there's a lot that don't. Mm-hmm. And even the states that do don't even know they even have that and don't even use it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of sad. And so he's like, yeah, there's no reason why we can't present that as a law. And, you know, we had, we, we went to um, our Senator for our area because that's what you do to me, you know, you go to your local Senator and have her drop the bill. And she was, she came and met with us. Oh, sorry, my cat. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) But, uh, you know, so she drew up the bill and she worked in, in tandem with the DA and he drew up the language, you know, for it, the lawyer lingo and came up with this bill and, of course, presented it to um, Sacramento, to this public safety committee who has to see it first. And they just tore it up. They they were like, absolutely not. You know, nope, nope, nope. Didn't care. Get out. You know, they didn't want to hear it. They want to talk about it. Nothing. And um, brought it back again when it was time. Same thing. Get out. Don't want to hear about it. Never going to happen. We're like, we're not going to go away. We're not going to stop. And in the meantime, we're building this network of parents who also are in the same fight and everybody has a different lane and and it's all respected. You know, some want to go the route of education. Perfect, because we need it. Mm-hmm. We need education. We need PSAs. We need awareness. Major, major. We need the schools. We, you know, to be on board. And um, yeah. But then my mine and Matt's our little lane mainly is the law enforcement end of it. And that's our thing. And um, that's our lane. And we respect every. And we've gone to our local high schools here. Mm-hmm. We do town hall meetings here. We do the high schools here. Um, so, you know, we're still giving back to our community and trying to make our community here aware, but we haven't ventured out really further for, you know, there's other parents who are doing their counties and their areas. And so we're really happy about that. Um, and, um, but our lane, we're, we're really focusing on the law enforcement and, it's, um, I mean, it, it's been an incredible ride. Um, it helps ease the pain. And, and not only that, but, you know, I was angry about a month after Alex's death, when the shock started wearing off and the anger started setting in. And needless to say, I was angry with God. And I know God says, you know, take, bring your anger to me. Tell me about it. That's right. What are you mad about? You know, let's talk. I was angry and I cried out Um, because I prayed over my kids every day and my parents did every day. I mean, we thought we did everything right, you know, and I know every, I mean, I know bad things happen to good people and I get that we're not, you know, we, it's things, anything can happen. And that's why I was always thankful every night when I went to bed. Thank you for another day with my kids and my family. Thank you. You know, and I was very healthy. I didn't, I barely got sick. I'd get a flu here and there, but a cold here and there, you know, standard, but I was never, I was always healthy. 
um, had my gallbladder removed. That was it, you know, really, but doing well, um, always thankful, but I was angry. Like what happened? Why? And you said she was going to do great things. How on earth is she supposed to save lives with her gone? That's not funny. That was a joke. And I was ticked off, you know, and I was like, how dare you, you know, tell her that. But now looking back, she is. That's right. All these kids are all these, you know, they're doing it. They're, they're, you know, and, and we are the vessels. Yes. For them to do so. And how can we stop? How can we not do this for them? I can't let their deaths go in vain. Yep. You know, it, it's, they're not going to die in vain. They're going to, they're going to mean something, their lives, you know, their souls mean something. And I, and that night, and I asked God, I said, you know what? I know she said the sinner's prayer. I know she's in heaven. My faith tells me I'm supposed to believe that, which I do, but she's my kid. You gave her to me. I want to know she's okay. I want to know she's happy. I want to know she's in, you know, with you in heaven, just living the best, you know? Yeah. I want to see her. And I dreamt that night. <gasps> I had a dream that night. And it's just like it was yesterday. Um, I went into, I got led by the shoulders by somebody behind me. I don't know who it was. And they're kind of whispering in my ear. You get to see her this one time. You get to come to her and see wow. where she's at. And I'm like, okay, I could do this. You know, I'm like, oh. And I go into um, a room. And it's just a white room, plain white room, but there's a big table. And all these people are standing up and looking at like what look like blueprints or something. And they're like, going over it and like talking and it's like a meeting and they're like, oh, da, 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 you know, and I, I see her and she's one of them and she's like, you know, pointing to something and would talking to somebody, but she looks up and sees me and she's like shocked and comes running over, drops everything, comes running over and she just hugs me real hard. And, and she's like, mom, I'm so happy. To see I have you. so much joy. I'm so happy. And I'm looking at her face and her hair. She dyed her hair dark brown. So you'll see pictures with her sometimes with dark brown hair, like really mm -hmm. dark. Because When she went to college, she dyed her beautiful, natural blonde hair, dark brown. <laughs> I used to get so mad. Like people pay a lot of money to have your blonde, you know, but she goes, I have to just reinvent myself, you know, whatever. It was fine. Um, but she was back to blonde and she had cute little braids and her cheeks were just so rosy and healthy and like her face and her body was like the epitome of health that you don't see on this earth like I see the difference like wow you look amazing and the joy coming out of her eyes was nothing you see out of people you could see happy people you don't see that wow it is just beaming out of her her smile was just so big she was just so you know and I'm like this is how I want to see you. This is what every parent, you know, mm -hmm. wants for their kids, that joy and that peace and that happiness. But did it have to be that way? Right. You know, um, but yeah, you'll never see this on earth. And I realized that. And I was at peace with it. And I was like, okay. And she goes, don't ever wish me back. I'll never come back. Wow. I would never. She goes, I love you. And I'm like, Okay. I can do this. Mm -hmm. I can do this. So she hugged me and said goodbye. And I woke up from my sleep. And I could still feel the hug. I could feel the her arms around you. The most beautiful feeling that I didn't want to move. I wanted to wake up Matt and tell him, but he's sleeping peacefully and uh I still felt their arms around me, so I didn't want to stop. I just laid there. And it was about a good 10 minutes when it started to dissipate. And then I woke him up and I'm like, you're never going to believe this, you know? 
course he's like, well, I want that dream, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, that was that, that helped so much. And then I started having people question it like, Oh, is that just your brain wanting it so bad that it conjured that dream up? And I'm like, gee, thanks. Nice. That's not nice. And being a Christian, I went to pastors and I questioned them about it. Like, is it biblical to have that? Like a visitation? Like, did I really, did this really happen? And, you know, what do you guys think? I really respected their, you know, what they had to say. And every one of them, and it was several different ones, said, are you kidding me? You got the best blessing of all. Are you yes. kidding me? Yeah. That was real. It is in the Bible that men dream dreams. And they prophesy and they see things. And I'm like, oh, thank God, you know, don't let they're like, don't listen to the naysayers. You know? <laughs> just trying to bring your joy down. Yes. So I'm like, okay, I accept it. And I've had more dreams with her. And every once in a while, I'll be like, God, can I have a, can I see her? You know, even if it's just a random dream, it doesn't have to be a visitation. But I had a couple other small visitations and with her just being around each other. And she just, there was times where she popped into a dream a random dream that she's not even a part of. And I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and she goes, I just came to say hi, wow. you know, and then she'd be gone in a little bit, you know, and I'm like, okay, you know, it was, it's weird, but I'm so used to it now. And, um, but you know, it's really pushed us to, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to fight. We got to save life. We can't, it's, we're in a new world. And people just don't realize it. This, this, I got, I'm tired of people telling me, oh, she was just a druggie, you know? Ooh. I've had people tell me, and not people I knew, these were strangers, you know, come out of the woodworks on okay. computers. So they don't scare me. Yeah. I'm like, no one I ever have known has ever said anything derogatory, especially anybody who knew Alex, because she was just, nobody forgot Alex. when they met her they're like she's formidable you know because she was just so witty and just so bright in a room like for somebody who felt so dark inside she emanated so much light isn't that amazing she wanted people she wanted people to feel good she didn't want them to feel like her she wanted to make people happy and joyful and laugh if she used herself as a butt of the joke she was good with that you know it made them laugh but yeah. So that's what led us to what we're doing and we're not going to stop good. on this, this law. We have uh, an announcement coming up. We're going to have a press release December 8th for um, the federal side. Daryl Issa, our Congressman here for the feds side um, is trying to take Alexandra's law to federal. That's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, it's, People have heard of it, you know, and and people are all the, you know, whoever you talk to says that's a no brainer law. Yeah. I mean, it actually should be worse, a bigger, more punishment, but we'll take that. You yes. know, it's something. And the state just will not. Oh, they just will. Not. So then we have to bypass, right? I feel like we are just fighting the devil, fighting the devil, you know? Yeah. I it's, wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it at all. So I, I look forward to hearing more about, you know, Daryl Ice's movements on this. Mm -hmm. And I want to just thank you so much for being here today and appreciate all the things you shared with us. Um, Wow. It's been quite an experience, hasn't it? Oh, it has been. And then what you know, with losing, what you've endured you know, getting diagnosed with cancer. I know. The type of cancer I was diagnosed with is triple negative breast cancer, which is the most aggressive. Uh only 10% of the women who have breast cancer have it in this country. It's so it's very rare. There's no cure. Um and I asked the doctor, how in the world did I get this when I'm I, I you know, I was healthy person. I'm not a sickly person, you know, and he said, it's environmental. This one is because I don't, I had a hysterectomy, so I knew it wasn't hormonal, you know, Mm -hmm. the the breast cancers that are hormonal, they have a cure for those, you know, I mean, people still are dying from it, Mm -hmm. but if you catch it early enough, 
you know, you'll, you could survive. It's survivable. Right. And, um, I asked him, you know, well, how did I get this kind, you know? And he goes, well, you know, you can't get the hormonal kind because you have no hormones. (laughs) You can't drive it. He goes, so it's environmental, um, which is only, you know, that's what triple negative is. And I'm like, did it have, does it have anything to do with the fact that I lost my daughter and then the grief and the just, you know, yeah. I do keep things inside. I do, you know, I'm very stoic on the outside and, but it's, I'm dying inside, you know, from grief. And he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's, he goes, I can't give you a hundred percent. He goes, but I'll tell you right now, I'm pretty sure that's what caused it. Especially knowing your history of, you know, being healthy. And I'm just like, makes sense. You know, I knew it, you know, but, um, I, I was almost happy in a sense, like, Oh, good. Just take me out. So I could just go be with my daughter. Yeah. Kind of had that mindset. Like, that's fine. I'll just go be with my daughter and, um, and my parents and, you know, I'll be fine. And my other kids are like, that's not us. Yeah. And I'm like, you guys are grown now and you're doing really well. And, you know, and they're just looking at me like, are you out of your mind? And I saw the hurt that was on their face. So I stopped talking like that. And I'm like, I'm going to fight. I'm going to do my treatments. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I go, but just know that I have peace. If I were to die, I'm peaceful about it. I will fight it. I will do what I'm supposed to but I have peace. I'm not afraid to die. And they're like, okay, we can, we can handle that. (laughs) Yeah. As long as you fight it. So I, you know, I did everything and my hair's finally growing back. I haven't had treatment in a year. I've had so many people saying people I barely know are like, we pray every day for you. We pray every day. How nice. And I'm like that, you know, and then I've had people who are like, can I come clean your house? Can I cook you dinner? I'm like, you know what? No. Cause I, I, you know, I have my oldest lives here. I have people to do that and I can still do it. But, um, prayers is the greatest gift that you can do, you know, true greatest gift. And so, you know, our pastors are constantly praying for us and it's just, and it's working. Um, I just got my diet. I just, I, you know, I will always have this. Um, the, it's in my lungs. It spread to my lungs. So I'm stage four, Okay. but, um, I, my lungs were riddled with little nodules of cancer. Mm-hmm. I'm down to just two main ones, one in each lobe. And they have shrunk half in half <gasps> no treatment. So prayer. Yes. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's God. And, and but, gratitude, and gratitude and thankfulness. Well, and positivity. Yep. Um, I had to, I, I had to make a decision because somebody came to me and told me you're very back and forth with dying and living. You're like, that's right. Yeah. I'm like, I know I'm, I'm, I don't know what to think. My head's all over the place. Okay. And they're like, you need to make a decision one way or another, whatever that is. Right. And talk to God and stick with that decision. If it's death, it's death. If it's life, it's life, but you need to make a choice and stick with it and stay on that path. Yes, absolutely. And then once you pray that prayer, once you pray that prayer and you say, Lord, I want to live. Right. And that's what I did. And that's what you go with. And then all you have to do is thank him every day. I'm grateful exactly what that I I'm do. alive. The last I... things out of my mouth before I fall asleep. Yep. Yeah. And um, I made the choice to live and I'm never talking about dying again. I'm never talking about, you know, God, I just feel so gross. I feel so, I just wish I could go now, you know, actually I feel good. I don't have a sick feeling. I don't feel sick anymore. I feel like my old self before all of this, I'm able to just, I can travel. I can do anything now that I normally could before. And my doctor's like, ah, uh, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's miraculous. <laughs> I don't know. I'll see you in two months. <laughs> you know? Okay. You know, we'll do a CT scan. Just keep an eye on those little tumors there. And okay. Good. 
We're good. We're good. You know, because they gave me three years max to live. I'm like, please. No. <laughs> we have a I'm lot busy. more to do. Three years and they're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm busy. I'm busy. Yes. <laughs> Christine, you've been a joy to be here. Thank and you. Spend time with you. I've really enjoyed it. And thank you for sharing so much of your life and all that you've yeah. been through in your family. And we bless Chris, we, excuse me, we bless Alex's memory today. Thank you. Yes. So thank you again for being here. And I'm going to put uh, drugindusedhomicide.org in the show notes so people can learn more about what's going on, especially with Alexandra's law that's going to hopefully go federal with Daryl. Yes. He's a congressman and from California. And we want everyone to back him and have your congressman back him. Yes. No. And also, if I can real quick say, plug in, um, we're trying to take Alexander's Law to the ballot for California. Okay. So we're going to be in the signature phase um, process. So we need to get signatures. So we need a lot of support as there as well. Okay. Fine. You know, state state will have more impact. Yes. But I have to commend you and Matt and Terry. And everyone yes. who's been involved in um, getting the laws pushed as much as they have been. Yes. I mean, that really will save so many lives in the future, mm -hmm. you know, and put all these drug dealers away where they belong. Amen to that. Amen. Thank you again, Christine. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye.